I was reading a quote today by Bo Tamplin, and it says, Everyone you meet has a part to play in your story. While some may take a chapter, others a paragraph, and most will be little more than scribbled notes in the margins, someday you will meet someone who will become so integral to your life. You will put their name in the title. What a great quote. It's like, do you realize that every decision we make is so powerful for so many reasons? Even when we decide to be led in any certain direction, we always end up getting more out of that decision than we ever thought we would and we should. So I don't know, just take a moment, if you would, and just think about all the people, the hearts, the treasures, the beautiful relationships and connections you've collected because you decided to go work at that school or, I'm sorry, work at that job or take your children to that school or to go that day to that particular place or to go to that event. And you picked up some lifetime treasure. I think that is one of the most beautiful parts about life. I think that is the most beautiful way that God helps us build the people that are going to do life with us. He helps us build our team and our family and our tribe in that very organic way. Just because we were checking out a particular school for our children, or we went to a particular school as a child, or we chose a different um, organization for employment, And we, yes, we got the obvious things out of it, but then we came away with so much more. And that is a huge blessing, a huge blessing to our life that we get to come away with the more and we get to be guided. And sometimes we don't even know why we're guided in the direction that we're going in. We have our goals, we have our thoughts, but when we don't even know, and then we come out with so much more. I've invited one of those people in my husband and I's life today to have a conversation with me. Um, She's a heart that we collected along the way. And I believe friendships like this will always outlast the original plan or the original desire of your heart for why you walked in that direction in the first place. So I'm very excited about this one today, too. So y'all ready? Let's go. Hello friends, how's everyone doing today? My name is Shahara White and you're listening to the Love Manifested Podcast where we are having authentic conversations to inspire, encourage, and and empower you in seeking your own personal relationship with God because we believe that God is love and it's his purpose and the very nature and makeup of his character. So Our hope here is to illuminate God's love manifested in each other so that we can see better 
having a more spiritual um, eye and more spiritual vision and discernment um, that we can choose better in the deci- the decisions that bleh, bleh, I'm all out of it today, right? Um, in the decisions that arise today, but impact our tomorrow and be better all around for ourselves and for those that we do life with. Um, so today we're going to just be having another one of our conversations. And as you know, here, um, first off, welcome and thank you for listening with us. But as you know, we have a heart culture on, um, at the love manifested podcast where we love to introduce our guests by their heart. Um, I just believe that, you know, titles are great. And they definitely tell the story of our journey and how we've achieved things in our lives. And they're definitely not to be sneezed at. But um, I want you to get to know our guests' hearts. And so that you can better understand where they're coming from when we get into this conversation. So I am um, I'm a little nervous today because I'm sitting in front of someone who is, you know, I love, um, I love to sit with people that are way more intelligent than I am. I love to glean from them and (laughs) hear their thoughts on different things. And we have great conversations. So that brings my nerves up just a tiny bit because I'm sitting in front of someone who has a beautiful heart. Um, I love her heart. We um, wow, let me explain her heart first because I'm getting into how we met. Her. I'm jumping the gun. I'm so excited. See, I'm nervous, y'all. <laughs> you haven't heard this in a few weeks. Um, her heart is um, it's pure and it's loving. Um, I like to describe her heart as an artist's heart, meaning that she does have, um, she is an artistic person, but she, she has a heart that's colorful. It's not colorblind. And I mean that it's inclusive. Um, she is um, a heart full of compassion for others and, you know, understanding people and relating to people in different various ways that um, kind of go outside the box, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she has a love for people and connection and, and just inclusivity. So... I love that about her heart. She has a heart. Oh my gosh! When you see her and her man together, it is, it is something that is just the cutest thing I've ever seen. Because the way she just addresses him, and they're just they were. I told you today, you guys operate so well as a team. Like I love witnessing, <laughs> and whenever cool. I get to hear you guys, um, two people that really support and lift up and bolster one another and are down for one another. I mean. It's it's super cool mm-hmm. to to witness and uh, and I love it and so please join me in welcoming this beautiful woman. Her name is Dr. Angela. We'll call her Dr. Angela today because <laughs> that's how I prefer, refer to her. Welcome to the show, Dr. Angela. Thank you. It's nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you. We've been planning this for a little while. Yeah, for and, about a month now. Yeah, and I'm just. I'm glad you made it out. Uh, we live kind of on two separate sides of the city, mm-hmm. so we got to really plan, and it's been raining, but now we're getting it, get a little reprieve from the rain. Um, thank you for coming and You're being welcome. here with us today. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited because I just know we're going to have a good conversation today, nice and easy. Are you nervous? No. No, no. Because you've done I'm this. Cu- yeah. very, uh, you I'm do. Curious. You speak for a living. Yeah. So... <laughs> 
Um, so I, I want to talk about how we met because I was telling Roger today I was we were talking about it and I was like all I remember are the cookies. <laughs> like that's l- typical. Literally, that's how I met. That's so typical. Your husband is an amazing chef. I would is he a he's a pastry chef. He does pastries. He yes. does other things as well. But he, I would say, folks know him by his mm. pastries, his cookies, his mm. cakes, and things like that. So let me tell y'all, because you know y'all know. I also cook, and I, uh, uh, Roger used to come home when you guys first met Mm -hmm. and say, um, oh, man, you know, he loved working there. Well, let me backtrack a little bit. It Mm -hmm. was like a situation where, um, and I speak about this in the intro, um, it was a situation where he was working in healthcare, and he just... His heart is for the patients right. and the spaces that he was finding himself in. And he, what he does is very um, intense, mm-hmm. if I should say. Um, and he just got burnt out because trying to fight all the bureaucracy right. of healthcare, mm-hmm. and all he yeah. wants to do is help the patients. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, he was considering taking a break from healthcare, actually getting out of it altogether. And, and two things came up. Uh, a hospital position came up for him and the one where you guys met at mm-hmm. came up for him, which was outside of healthcare. And he was like, the hospital one was, you know, within his range of income, you know, what he was valued for mm-hmm. and where he was going to go work out was like a 30% pay cut. Yeah. And we were dealing with a lot at the time. I think my son was in the hospital for meningitis. There was a lot going on. And I just told him, I said, honey, I said, you know, all money ain't good money. And you have to, you know, you got to pray about that. And you got to see where you're being led. And if you need this break, then take the break. Right. Don't go for the money. Right. And so I was just, that was all the support I could give him at the time because I was dealing with, you know. exactly. And so he did decide to take the pay cut and, um, it was actually, <clears throat> excuse me, even though that was, uh, it made an impact on us, but it was actually the greatest position he's ever held that I've known him in 15 years. Mm. Because the relationships that came out of that position, not only did he get to still apply his giftings and his calling, mm-hmm. all the relationships that he formed with all of you that are now my friends That's too. That's wild, huh? <laughs> all, there's like major players in our life that we'll have hopefully forever. Right, exactly. So that, that was a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. you know? You just gotta wonder sometimes, like seasons when we're at certain places, why are you there? The, there's obvious reasons why you're mm-hmm. there. And then there's some other underlying, and I and we both believe, you know, starting with 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 Joyce, his, you know, mm-hmm. he was just like so excited. So then when he met you and he, he would come home and tell me, I met, oh, she's so smart and she does this. And this <laughs> you know, he That's loves, well. we love intelligent people right, and people right. that are like right. really, you know, there to help, not just I'm just smart and you're right. stupid and I'm right. smart. Right. No, I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. And you guys were living on campus. Yep. And then he said he came to fix something in the... Uncle uh, Carl was there. And he was there and and, and they started talking yeah. and he just would come home and say, oh, he's so, her husband, he's so cool and she's so cool. He couldn't <laughs> believe that he worked with all these cool people because right. he's never worked with an art artsy type of exactly. community of yeah. people right. in the healthcare world. Exactly. It's not the same. And he started bringing these cookies home 
So I heard about you from him at work, and then he started bringing these cookies home. Right. And the cookies from your husband, they were just... Love. (sighs) He came in here with some today, y'all, and I'm so excited about the cookies. They were love. But they were. They are. Every time he... You know know how I am about the cookies. So I'm I'm a cookie girl, not a cake girl, but I like some cakes. So that's how we really, I was introduced to you through the cookies. And then you met Ayana, my daughter. And you guys worked on the documentary that she Mm -hmm. directed and produced together. And you were such a vital voice in that. And then you and I got to meet face to face. Yeah. And I feel like we just clicked instantly. Yes, we did. We talked for a long time. (laughs) And your husband, like, it's nice when you're a couple and everybody on in both couples gets along and exactly. has something to yeah, communicate exactly. about. And so we that's how we met, right? right? We just started talking and then you know, then there was food and mm-hmm. dinners and just hanging so, on our couch. Yeah. What's really funny about you telling that story <laughs> is that Coltaro is a beautiful cook. He's a beautiful person. Yes. He's also a beautiful cook and yes. a chef. Yes. And just is intentional about putting his love into what he makes. Mm-hmm. What makes it funny is that I will I am called intelligent, <laughs> but we can be in a space, and I mean any space that we have been in over the past, you know, 27 years that we've been married. Mm-hmm. And I can be talking about something really intellectualizing and <laughs> philosophically bringing something into fruition. Mm. And Kotaro will walk into that space with cookies in his hand <laughs> or a piece of cake and just very quietly hand it to everybody so yes. everybody could have something to eat while we're talking. Yes. And nobody remembers who I am. <laughs> so it's, so I feel, it's so funny to me because that. it's like, it's always, it, whenever I really started to learn, like when he brought food in, yeah. I should just stop talking. <laughs> And like nobody was really hey. going to remember what I was talking about in the first place Listen, because they, they just they were but they just got the involved in the yeah, food the right food. and it was it, and you can see it on their faces you can see that the they noises they wanted to pay attention the, didn't yeah. they they really you want to pay attention I want to hear what you have to <laughs> right, say but, but can like, we talk uh, just yeah, take yeah, a pause yeah take a pause <laughs> and so I feel that. and so now I just know like okay yeah. here here he comes with the cookies yep, so I'm gonna go do something I'm gonna else. wrap this right, up yeah. right here before they get to chewing <laughs> exactly no that's so cool and yeah. that's what's beautiful about you guys you guys I've I've the intentionality of how you guys hold space for each other yeah. is so beautiful yeah, to me. Yeah. And it's, it's really just important. naturally beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I think that's always been an important part of our relationship. And again, it started very early in our relationship. Mm. Um, and one of the, I don't share this with a lot of people, but I think it'll make sense for your show because uh, for the podcast, because one of the mm. reasons that I, I wanted to hold space for Kotaro first started when I went to something that was called the Black Man's Think Tank in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. And at that, at the time, the the speakers at that were talking a lot about the ways in which um, black men have to move through their spaces and how how they have Uh. to think about who they are from how they show up in their dress to how they show up in their professional careers. Okay. Um, and 
I think Very true. I true. think in that I I didn't expect myself to be with Coltaro, to be honest. Okay. My family didn't expect me to be with Coltaro from the perspective that he was a black man. And I had traditionally been at Christian high schools. I went to a private Christian high school from the age I was seven okay. until the age I was 12 years old. And I was the only black person in my class. Hey, we have that um, in common. It's, yeah. Is Not it okay Christian, to share this? Yeah. This is kind of bizarre, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So I was Are the only African-American me? person in my class from seventh grade to 12th grade. And then at that time, I, for some reason, my mom and my stepdad asked me, like, where do you want to go to college? And all of my friends were going to a university called Cedarville College. Okay. And I was like, I, th- I think I'll just go there, right? Yeah. It seems simple. And the University of Toledo is right up the road from our house, but I really didn't want to stay at home. I wanted to go away, and it was only a three-hour drive away from our house. Okay. Um, so I ended up going to that school. Mm-hmm. I am still, in college now, one of maybe four African-American people on this campus of, at that time, maybe about 3,500 students. Okay, wow. And so I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, like, when I came home with Coltaro, my dad, my stepdad said to my mother, guess who's coming to dinner? Because, <laughs> One of my favorite movies, yes, by the way. <laughs> because he was like, he said, guess who's coming to dinner? And then he, he, he proceeded to turn around as she was walking to the, to the door. And he said, um, Angie done gone and found herself a black guy. <laughs> And, and, and again, if you, if you understood our household and how we grew up, very multicultural, yes. multi-ethnic. Yes. Um, my mom and dad lived down the road from the University of Toledo. They always okay. had someone living with them and paying rent who was a student at the University of Toledo. Okay. And so we had folks from Africa and, okay. and um, Indonesia okay. and um, China that lived in our house. Yes. And, and so our tables in our community in our home was always a celebration of all of them. And my mom would be like, cook something for us. And we invite folks over and she'd get all the food and we'd just sit there. And so I came from this very multiracial, multi-ethnic household environment and a very much of an embracing of that. Yes. Even though I was in these very Christian spaces where I would go to school and I was the only person of color, Mm -hmm. our household was not like that, Mm -hmm. um, which was really beautiful. And so for me... When I met Kotaro and I started dating this black guy, it was a paradox. It was like, oh. I, it was really like a mind blower for me Completely. because I had predominantly been around white men. And I assumed yeah. that my attraction, that I was probably going to end up marrying someone who was white. I right. really did. And that was wow. my expectation. And so when I met Kotaro, it was perplexing at first. <laughs> And I was like, I don't really know what to do with him. Wow. And I was a little bit intimidated by him. I and I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable being around black men. Wow. And so part of my journey was like, at that time, was like, I want to learn how to feel comfortable around black men. Wow. It was so profound. What and an I can't experience. explain like how that feels in my body. But I remember feeling that. Ironically, at the same time, my brother, Benson, African-American man, love him to death, and he encouraged me to go to this black man's think tank. He said, I think you'll like it. Had nothing to do with Kotaro at all. I see. And so I went to it. Just to go. Just as a conference to go to. Yeah. And I sit there and listen to, I I remember the the speaker talking about the journey of black men. Um, and, And one of the speakers that was there was specifically talking about how do we hold space for black men? And we understand Mm. that Mm. um, some of their experiences and some of the things that they've been through have 
paralyze them. Yes. And so how do we hold space and how do we show up for them? Mm-hmm. And so I went back I went back to Vermont at that time. That's where I was living and that's where Kotaro was living. Um, Vermont, ironically, which is about 98.9% white. And at that time mm-hmm. that I was there, that was the case. And so I was also being asked, how did you meet a black guy in, in Burlington, li- Vermont? Who's also from Vermont. Who's also from Vermont, right? Wow. Uh, it was a lot of funny things that were kind of whirling around our relationship. But I remember leaving the black man's think tank, flying home, had all of my wonderful books in hand, mm-hmm. um, books by Naeem Akbar and mm. uh, Kanjufu and, you know, just this rich knowledge. And it hit me um, as I came back home and, and started to have more conversations. And we were just friends. Mm-hmm. Kotaro worked at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, and we had been at a conference, a little small conference, that my department that I had put on at the University of Vermont um, that he had come to, that okay. he had attended. So that's how I met him. And... It hit me as I started to talk and get to know him more that a lot of what had been talked about at the conference was really applicable to him. Wow. Um, And so as we got to know each other just in a very comfortable, casual way, I would sometimes go and volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, I began to understand how important it was to hold space for him. And at the time, one of the things that kept swirling through my head that I still use is this idea of sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I make sure that my, how do I make sure that I have sanctuary? Because mm-hmm. that was something that I had really worked on in my own life. But then also, like, how do I make sure that our home, uh, when we're together, and that even if I'm not with him long term, but we're just friends, how do I make sure that he feels sanctuary in me? Yes. Um, and for me, I could very easily classify some specific things like I wanted him to feel grounded Mm. I wanted him to feel like if he left a conversation or a time with me he felt he felt affirmed and then I also wanted him to feel like he could be comfortable in his emotions of of grief and sadness or all of those different things um and those are just things that I kind of placed there, but I began to learn more about him and understand that that was exactly what he needed. Wow. Um, and it, it, it didn't take a long time, but it was a little while before we connected and had a, you know, got to dating each other. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I was just kind of holding those spaces for him. I love that. And so it's funny because the way that we decided to have relationship with each other was to be honest, to be transparent, yep. to hold space for each other, to um, make sure that when we were in difficult times or in difficulty with each other, like how did we come back to that and have a conversation about it? Yes, um, without blaming, but with 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 hearing each other. Um, and it doesn't wow. work all the time, but we've been together now. We'll celebrate our twenty eighth anniversary um, this year. Wow, and. It's it's been pretty tried oh, and true, and, and congratulations on that. And it's, wow, it's fun to be able to like watch each other grow and yep. to see places in our relationship where it felt like it was getting stagnant because yes. it was so long. Yep. But it was also like we'd been together so long. But it was like, how do we like just really sitting with each other and being like, how do we undo this right now? Yep. Like this doesn't feel the best. Um, it doesn't feel like we're showing up in our authentic selves. How do yes. we undo it, right? Yep. Um, and then other times of just being like, how about we just leave each other alone right For now? For a minute. Yeah, like you get Let's out of my space, space. Yep. and I'll get out Let's of your space. Beat. And So I really like 
Uh, Not to drone on about him, but I really like, I like what our relationship has become because I don't feel like we, either one of us came out of households that were like that. Yes. Um, (laughs) But I feel like we decided to just see each other. And for me, I really decided that um, I could not let my husband leave the house, my partner leave the house without him knowing that he was really loved and that I trusted him and that I believed in him because I felt like when he went out into the world, particularly as a black man, that he was not going to receive that. And I didn't want him to feel like when he walked into our home that he had to strife also, over that yep. as well. Um, and so that's been that it's unique to our relationship. Mm-hmm. It says nothing at all about how anybody else does relationship. But I nope. think, you know, I think it's kind of the thing that we carry with us. And I think it's the. You know, you and I have had many conversations, and I think mm-hmm. that it's the thing that I think about for people. I think we get really distracted with everybody else's life, but we don't know how to manage our own, and we don't know what we need. Girl. And we don't just spend time with ourselves to figure that out. And it's, and it's hard. Absolutely it's a tough question to, to answer. Yep. But yeah, it take, and it takes time, yep. but it's so important. It is. Yeah. So. I love this so much and I, I laugh because I so recognize and I can relate and mm. even even my husband's not a black man. Mm. I was raised by a black man, mm-hmm. but that whole sanctuary mm-hmm. when he comes home, mm-hmm. especially with what he has to do, it's just important mm-hmm. as partners that we have it for mm-hmm. each other. And you guys do it so well and so fluidly. I can recognize mm-hmm. it and say it to mm-hmm. you. You know, mm-hmm. I always have said that to you guys. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful, the intentionality that you've put in. It really, the fruit of it is sweet. Yeah. And yeah. it's Thank fragrant. You. Thank you. And I can I completely that. witness it at one. I yeah. saw it right at one. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I love it. And I love, Roger and I, we love being around people that, especially couples. I mean, we have all different types of couples mm-hmm. that we are in relationship with. But we really love being around people that get it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that are intentional like we are because we are both very Mm -hmm. intentional. Mm -hmm. And you know his story not coming Mm -hmm. from a certain space. So he didn't see love in the way he Mm -hmm. loves me. It's like, how did you learn to work? Right. The intentionality of caring for ourselves individually and learning how to care for each other and and saying, like, I just... We just yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, we crave that. And yeah. I crave that for every couple. Mm-hmm. I don't care who, who you are, are what exactly. color you are. I don't exactly. care what you're dealing with. In your, I crave for you to be intentional mm-hmm. with yourself first mm-hmm. so that you can also be intentional with each other and mm-hmm. just make space for each other mm-hmm. because we're all having these experiences. Right. Yeah. In our home, we always, you know, our home yeah. is our sanctuary, yeah. period. Right. I think we're really quick and have a knee-jerk reaction sometimes in our day-to-day lives to want to hold somebody hostage to their behavior. Yeah. And it's like, it takes it, it takes a lot of energy to, to back yourself out of that yeah. and ask yourself, like, what's going on with them right now? Exactly. And even understanding that. It takes humility, that, actually, it does. too. It does, right? Because like, you're putting yourself... Second, Let me go it's like, wait a see, minute. Wait, something's going on. Yeah. This don't look right. Exactly. This isn't who they are. Yeah. Exactly. People are so um, quick. They're quick, that knee-jerk. Yeah. And it, I, I, again, it's not something that I always do easily. I will say, it, and ironically, both he and I are first, are the uh, babies in the family. See, she understands birth order. We're going to talk about that exactly on the pod. So. I just got that in my... Exactly. So It's, it's very like, important. It is. 
because we can turn you can into be, ooh, we, for, you're yeah. both first your firstborns we're the babies. Oh, you're the, both the babies. We're both the which babies. Which you can both be needy. Exactly. In need. I need exactly. my need. Exactly. My need right now, but I, I have am. A need. I am a, this is oh. mine. That's mine. I say that a lot. That's mine. Hey, that's mine. Yes. I say that a lot. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. having him be able to counter that and be like, he, sometimes he's like, okay. Or sometimes he's like, let's talk about that. Right. <laughs> what, what does that mean for you? It's yeah, mine. Exactly. I thought so, it was ours because we're exactly. one. No. <laughs> so. No, and um, and yeah. for those of you that understand, don't understand really quickly, and I love this is what I was so excited about you and I doing this today. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to love happy hour, let alone the word, guys. So <laughs> buckle up. But this is what birth order in your relationship really quickly. It tells a lot about how you communicate with one another um, and how you relate. So once you understand that, there's a book called The Birth Order. And I'm going to find it when I get to that podcast and talk about it. This literally came up like a week ago mm. that we're going to be discussing mm-hmm. this because it's important mm-hmm. that you understand. And and um, we're and it talks about the birth order in your family line. So if you're a baby, or if you're a middle child, you're a firstborn. Roger, my husband is a firstborn and I'm a baby. I'm mm-hmm. the baby. Mm-hmm. So naturally, I want to I don't I, I want to come under him. I want to be led. Mm-hmm. And he wants to leave. But when you have two firstborns, mm-hmm. or and it depends if it's the male or the female, because there's that energy and dynamic, yeah. it's really important to understand. Mm-hmm. And it helps a lot with your communication mm-hmm. when you, because you can say, oh, they're not just upset at me in this moment. They're coming from their childhood ways, which taught right. them right, right, right. to respond in this way. That yeah. taught them to communicate in this way. So let's right. address that. Exactly. And say, hey, we're safe with each other. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. it just helps with communication. It does. And you're a communications professor. Mm-hmm. I am. So we're yeah. not going to sit up here and pretend like we know how to communicate better than you. But I'm just <laughs> <laughs> You do, though. You got it. You got it. I'm it does. It's, re- it's really significant. It means so, a lot. Yes. Yeah. I love it. And, and thank you for sharing that. You're and, welcome. And please share it because people need to yeah we're here about i told you we're authentically having these conversations right Right. exactly you never know where people pick up a little nugget Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. they're going to get it from somewhere so having introed all of that beautifully i love it um we're going to go into you know what time it is what time is it (laughs) (laughs) this is my most favorite time of the show because I like when people share things that they love. Okay. And we do this. This is a whole vibe for me. So let's get into it right now. It is, ladies and gentlemen, it is love, happy hour. Happy hour. (laughs) So they were having a little happy hour before they did that. I love that harmony. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so they were just in there having, you know, people when they go to happy hour, they get a little happy. Happy. So right? I love they it. came along to usher us into this time. This is where I asked my guests to bring us something and share with us something they love. There's no restriction on it. There's no, um, what do you call it? Prerequisite or, any, or anything like that. Just bring something that you love that you want to share. Okay. And so I ask you, what did you bring for us that you love? What did you bring to share? Wow. Okay. I'm trying to pick between two different things, but um, 
one of them. I'm going to go with this one because I think it'll take me in a different direction. Okay. I actually brought my hat. <laughs> it's I so wore cute. my hat. Okay. Right? Yeah. I'm in California and I have a hat <laughs> that is a pretty thick, like, a, it reminds me of Elmer Fudd. Mm-hmm. Remember? Mm-hmm. Elmer Fudd's hat. Um, it's, Kill it's the exa- Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same design. But let me tell you why the hat's well, significant. Okay, but it's the same design. But, but well, like it has like skin. leopard and cheetah print. I mean, this yes. is this is this is not Elmer's it's hat. Hi, he, he, did, he was in high fashion. A little. This fur. is high fashion with the fur <laughs> boots with the fur. It's the whole situation. It's exactly. a whole vibe, and it was very cute. And I saw the hat because y'all know I'm a hat collector. So she walked in here with the little warm, cozy hat. Please tell mm-hmm. me why you love this hat so, so much. It's a little bit different from what people will expect, but I. Um, One, my head does get cold even Mm -hmm. when it's warm out. But the reality of the hat is that I grew up in a household where my mom was a fashion designer. She was multiple things. But she really, really wanted, uh, one of her dreams and passions was to have a dress shop. Okay. And so she had, she finally had that dream come to fruition. Um, Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so... My mom raised five of us, mm-hmm. and there's probably about a 10-year gap between myself and I'm the baby, <clears throat> and myself and my next sibling. Mm-hmm. So it's me, and then it's my next sibling, Freda, and then there are two more um, that are Lenny and Benson, they're twins, mm-hmm. oh. and then my oldest sister is Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mom raised us as a single mother mm. until I was about five years old. And then she met my stepdad and married him. And we literally moved out of the, out of the low income housing into wow. a, a, a suburban community and okay. a small little house on 1115 I Hopefully that doesn't get anybody going to look at the house, but <laughs> anyways, um, that was it's a impressive space. when we remember those addresses know, right? from long Isn't ago. Isn't that crazy? It is. Um, but that was a space in which she had sown much of her life growing up, but was never actually able to take on the role of being a seamstress. Got it. Um, but she had sewn in different people's homes. She'd sewn for, she would go to LaSalle's uh, in Toledo, Ohio and sew brassiers. Oh, wow. Um, and so she would be running like three different jobs at one time doing her sewing but she really wanted her own dress shop. Shout out them single mothers. Exactly. Yeah. And so when she when she married my stepdad and was actually able to have that uh, financial bandwidth, mm-hmm. she was able to get a loan and took out a loan and was able to open up a dress shop, which was called Elfrida's Specialty Dress Shop. Okay. So growing up around that was a beautiful thing. And, and, and she would do sewing in our house, but even though she had a dress shop that she would go to sew at, and one of the things she had was always like shawls and hats and swatches of fabric. And mm-hmm. there's thread and buttons all over our house. Um, and the so, buttons. Yeah, the buttons. I have a jar, yeah, a big jar, a jar of buttons, buttons of my mom's um, yes. from all of the different things that she sewed and made. And so I would be in the house. And it's a fond memory, the hat, because I would be mm-hmm. in our home and I would go down into the basement and I would find a hat and yeah. I would put it on and I would come upstairs and my mom would be at her sewing machine sewing and she'd be like, child, what do you got on your head? <laughs> and I would have just gone down and found one of her hats that she that used yeah. and I liked it. 
And and then I would keep it on for like the next hour. And then <laughs> And she let you have that expression me, yes, of that freedom. Exactly. Uh, yes. And I then I would it. like go down and find another hat mm-hmm. and put that hat on and I'd come back up and mm-hmm. she'd be like, You are you know, she'd just laugh at me. You yes. are so silly. Yes. Right. And so <laughs> the day would go by and by the end of the day I might have tried on or had on like four different hats. Mm-hmm. And she would allow me to have that expression. And it was it's a fond memory that I have of my mom Mm -hmm. and not just like being a designer and having this dress shop that she was at, but also being at our kitchen table and sewing and then having this basement that she had all these fabrics and different items in. And there was not this kind of a rigidity around them. She wanted us to be comfortable with them and to feel them. And and so even now when I go into stores, my first inkling is to go and try on hats. And then I also touch, Touch I have a really bad habit of touching fabrics. I just walk through the store and I'm touching the fabrics (laughs) because that was something that she kind of instilled in us Mm -hmm. to like, feel the fabric what does it feel like how does it move mm-hmm. you know we're, why now would what are we going to use this exactly. for what are yeah. we going to use it for when exactly. it moves like that so i i, I get I had, that i had another yes. one but my hat i think and i'll sit in my hat at home and i'll just be watching tv and i'm just I'm just, just sitting in your hat i'm, re- I'm pondering my mom i'm conjuring <laughs> her i'm that. thinking of the the beautiful things that she made and and created but also how how fun she was and how easy it was for her to let us be present in ourselves growing up, you know. And so I, I, I appreciate that a lot. I appreciate that. Like, the hat reminds me of my mom. <laughs> and my husband's beautiful. like, you look so funny in your hat. <laughs> and you know what? I love the hat so much. I was like, I'm going to get another one of these because I'll probably wear that first one out. So yeah. I, I just went ahead and bought myself a second one. <laughs> well, I love this hat and I love the story. Yeah. That's beautiful. I understand that. That that that's that's love right there. Yeah. You just yeah. want to feel close to her and it makes and you know what? When you were little, she didn't make you feel um awkward or no. make you feel like, you know, you shouldn't do that. She gave you the freedom to do it, right. but as a grown woman to come back to you're it. just able to sit yeah. there and be a little girl exactly. again in your head. Exactly. I, I was doing it. a drawing one day and I was thinking about that and I just was like just wanted to do something really quickly and um, I ended up just sketching a um, like a pillow in a bed, and I can't even remember what I was thinking about. But I, I underneath it, the pillow in the bed, I wrote down "naps with mom." Aww. You know, so that it's that time of like, is a little girl yeah. remembering like just having a nap with your mom yeah. and just chilling in bed. You know, and like, oh, mom's chilled. She's calm. She's not like, cause she worked three jobs. Yes. And it was always moving in her. She, on the yeah, move. she was always yeah. moving. It's like, yeah. oh, mom chilled on this particular day. And we just laid in bed and watched TV and yeah. hung out together. Yes. You know, and so those things that we miss, those things that we pine for, yeah. how, how do we recall them? Yeah. Or as I say, conjure them up yep. and allow them to be present just to Today. have that moment back, right? Or to have that experience or that feeling back. That's really important to it's me. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. That's me and the Smurfs. Yes. Ayana <laughs> exactly. calls me a few weeks ago and she's FaceTiming me and she's like, oh no, I sent her a picture of something that was on the table, but the TV was on behind. Yes. And she's like, oh, are you watching the Smurfs? I'm like, 
all the time because <laughs> me and my dad would exactly. Saturday morning, my mom would go yep. get her nails done. Yep. You watch and the I watch together. them at night. I watch them in the daytime now because I just mm. want it when I need to feel close to right. him. That's one of the things. Exactly. exactly. And it's just so simple. And I don't feel silly. And Roger comes in. And he's like, oh, okay, you're watching. Exactly. Okay. And, yep. and this is what it is. Yep. And I'm feeling, I'm remembering mm-hmm. just laying in the bed with him watching the Smurfs on Saturday mm-hmm. morning. Yep. It's just real simple. It's that. And it's it's interesting that I think I I do I do, do research on communication and I mm-hmm. communication studies is my area and mm-hmm. health communication specifically. But one of the things that I think about, they actually marry really well together. But when I think about the health that we have and like, <clears throat> excuse me, how do we how do we claim health? And mm-hmm. so often we think we claim health through these avenues of eating healthy or, um, you know, making sure that we drink our water or we have our supplements and things. But mm-hmm. there's a spiritual and there's mm-hmm. a um, a kind of energy, energy when we think about health that reclaims us in an experience that we have. Like when we so can bring good. that back yes. and we can live in that space, it, there's there's a part of it that in which it makes us glow or it's it, it lights us even. up yes. or it cleanses up, cleanses us. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think people forget about that um, because there's not the actual texture or the ability to fill it. They, yes. they forget about that kind of spirit connection yes. of being able to connect to someone's energy. And like my mom passed away in 1998. Wow. And I laughed one time about the fact that every time someone asks me something about my life, why do I talk about my mom? And I was like, what is that? You know, and and, and it was like she she wasn't perfect, but she raised us in this way that made us really feel seen and embodied as, as little human beings. And she allowed us to grow in that. Um, and so like from my hat to like taking a nap with my mom, mm-hmm. um, being able to now as an adult at this age, look at those things or, or think about that. It's just something really, um, it's it's really healing to me. I and it, it. it's it's kind of potency in my system that's like, ah, oh, I needed that today. Yes. Or wow, today was really hard. And that, you know, I, I put my hat on and then something clicks. And it's like, remember, you used to walk around the house with the hats on and your mom would be like, you are so silly. And then I'm like, okay, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, exactly. Trust I, you <laughs> speaking my words, you, right? I'm telling you, I yeah. so get it. Yeah, I get that, yeah. and I'm so glad you said that because I could not even. I never even thought that, you know, that deep into it. But that's exactly what's yeah, happening. Exactly. It's just so a I, straight. I, I, it's almost recalibrating for you, exactly, and, and for me, exactly. And, and there's those things that you just need to do because, and, mm-hmm. and it is. It just is. Right. And it's easy it's to healthy. it's easy to have that and want to go down. I'm sure it's easy for people to want to go to down missing. the road of grief yes. and missing. Yes. But for me, yes. there's something yeah. beautiful and cathartic. Um, I, I always forget this statement, but my brother says it all the time that we're um, we're spiritual beings on a human journey. And mm-hmm. maybe is how he says it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it reminds me of. It's like my mom was a spirit filled person. And I got to have this journey with her. Mm-hmm. I, I got to be born through her as a vessel is into this angelic human being. And and I got to in, 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 to to vibe her energy. Yes. And I don't have her physically present anymore. But it, I, I'm deciding that oh. I don't want to lose that, no. that connection 
that spirit connection that I can pull that back and I can use that to be to be a fortitude for me or to sometimes it shuts me up when I'm getting ready to say something to somebody. <laughs> I'll think like, well, you, your mom mom would say that this way, right? Because mm-hmm. she was really diplomatic. Does my dad? You know, right. He would exactly. say you, you, you'd lead with diplomacy. Yes. He would tell me that all yes, me the too. time. Me too. Because I'm want i a yeah, bull in a china cabinet. I'm like, I'm coming, <laughs> right? And and I can hear her in my head and it yes. kind of brings me down. Oh. So I think like there's a, wow. there's a part of that where we want to, it, it is it's very easy and grieving is hard and it hits you at the weirdest mm, yeah, th- times. Yes, but, and, and there's always that missing. But for me, like, for example, in the hat or, or, you know, the, the reality of like the nap with my mom, it brings me back to the beauty and the love of that experience and that there was meaning, yeah. there was meaning in who I was and I need to continue having that meaning in myself and I need to exude that meaning to other people. That's huge. Yeah. So I pray that I'm I get to have that I've made space for my kids to have when oh, I'm not here. You, you know what ha- I'm saying? I do, but you have. I mean you know I see the glow of that in your daughter. Like I've been able to be with your daughter yes, without you. Yes. Around <laughs> yes. even before I knew you. Yes. And I I knew your daughter. <laughs> yep. You, you know, did. and I remember um, I, I feel I feel thankful that the universe has allowed me to walk through the world with that kind of consciousness. I don't yes. know what it is. I just feel like I kind of get that. Mm-hmm. And when I met your daughter, I was like, whoever this young woman's mom is, she's a beautiful person because she's getting she gets the reality of the world on a deep level. I'm like, honey, you're too you're too old spirit to be like you're young. You have this old spirit of just getting things. Like, how are you thinking about this documentary together like this? I was really yeah. That was profound to me. So I knew that the spirit so yes, I'm gonna tell you, you you did it with mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> whatever whatever it was that was happening around you in the world. It, you know Single how, moms, you know. Yeah. You know how you can sense that somebody pulled that that youngster in and was able to help them get stable, even in the the mod podge of society that was happening around them, um, and that's that's always a beautiful piece that a person gets to carry with them. And I saw it in your daughter. So that's it. Don't doubt it. <laughs> Seriously, don't doubt it in her. I haven't met your I met your son, but I haven't been around him a lot. But the little time that I got to just talk to him, I'm like, he has it too. Yeah, he has it too. Wow. Yeah. Well, but that's powerful, right? Because letting go. Yeah. The the letting go when we're in our intimate relationships and those people that we love the dearest and we know the <clears> deepest. <throat> The letting go of them to be themselves is yeah. always a real challenge. It is, um, especially I, when they're going off to college. And right. Stuff. I remember my mom I'm saying that to me. That right now. Um, but it's like, <clears throat> it's it's empowering to feel like again we don't all get this, but it's empowering to feel like there's something that was instilled in you that you can trust yourself. Yeah. Because of the people that helped you to grow, right? And and. I think it's beautiful yeah. when we have the consciousness to give that to somebody because mm-hmm. we don't have to. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, you and I know that we know yes. broken homes, yes. we know broken people, yep. 
we know people who are broken and are beautiful and yes. we want them to be able to give that, but they yeah. don't have the capacity. They, they don't have the capacity. So, and we have to accept that and love them mm-hmm. anyway. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> love them in a different love way. Love them in a different way. Yeah, but, but still yeah. love. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious, girl. Um, thank you for You're saying welcome. that. You're <laughs> welcome. Trying to keep it. I don't keep it together. You know, I'm straight authentic over here. Yeah. But um, no, thank you for saying that because, you know, it's stuff that I think about because I have that with my dad. My mom's still here. Exactly. So I can you go can to still have, that, have right. what I need with mm-hmm. her. She's still here, but my dad is not. Right. 20 years this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I think of that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. I know how much, how important it is to me. It is. So moving forward into our next part. This was beautiful. Thank you for the hat. I'm going to take a picture of her in her hat, and y'all are going to see how cute she is with this cute little fuzzy furry hat that she loves. And and now there's a story that I can put Mm -hmm. with it. Love it. So, you know, we get into a little bit of a word association here. Mm -hmm. So I like to tell you a word. And um, I just want you to tell me the first thing that comes up for you. Okay. And how, um, and then we'll take it from there. We'll see how we lead. So, um, Dr. Angela, Dr. Angela, as I call her, <laughs> <laughs> um, your word is um, perseverance. Mm. Hmm. Perseverance. I feel like the first word that popped into my head was um, grit. G R I T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And am I supposed to say something else after that? No. Just grit? You're going to tell me another word and I'm going to say something? Oh, no, no we're going to talk about perseverance. Okay. You, you were going, you were about to say something. Okay. I yeah. felt it. I felt the impact of yeah. it coming. Um, <clears throat> I think again about, I think about history a lot. I think about, mm. um, I think about the importance of history in the, the, the scheme of who all of us are. Um, and I think about the shared histories we have, and I think about the the disconnected histories that we have. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about perseverance, I oftentimes find, I find myself, not oftentimes, but I find myself thinking about uh, the way that all of our different histories have collided, mm. but that in the, in the USA, I'll be more specific, and okay. then also <clears throat> the ways that the collisions have brought really great things, but then the collisions have also brought, especially at this time, they've brought kind of a reckoning of understanding and being able to sit quiet in someone else's experience in history mm. um, and, and finding not so much a resolve with it, but finding a, a way to accept it and then even sometimes a way to apologize for it, to, mm. to, to speak, you know, depending on to who it. you are, mm-hmm. to speak to it and to speak to the apology. So then I get a little deeper and I think about the perseverance of, of, of my people. And I think about the different ways that the African-American community has manifested itself through perseverance. Mm. Um, and I try not to go into a lecture or a classroom discussion right now about it, <laughs> but it brings a lot of that to me. Okay. A lot of the teaching that I've done and teaching around these topics of the historical chronology of African-American people, the historical chronology of 
Native American and Indian American, Alaskan Native people, the, mm. the historical chronology of the Latinx or Hispanic community. It mm -hmm. brings a lot of those things up in the sense of wanting, wanting to get others, my students, to a place of recognizing the perseverance mm. and the grit of these different people groups and what they've had to come through to yeah. get to where they're at. Yes. Um, that you did that black folks didn't just arrive here, that we had bridge builders that allowed us to move through these different sectors of where we're at now. Mm. And we're doing phenomenal things now. Yeah. But we have a history that's prior that that had to be, you know, had to go through persecution and and being dismissed and being erased and we continue to persevere and bring that back and yes. find ways to loop ourselves back in. Um, and so when I think about perseverance, there's, there's this kind of umbrella place that I look at it, but then I go really deep and start to think about how different people groups have persevered, but then also how my own people group have persevered. Mm -hmm. And that brings me to the word grit. And, and, and grit is just, it, 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 it is what it sounds like. It's gritty, it's hard, it's working hard, it's toil, it's, mm. um, it, it's, a, it's sometimes being beaten down with yep. the in, in, intent of getting back up again. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I can't even remember the songwriter who wrote the song. He might not have wrote it, but um, he talks about we fall down and we, we get, get up, up, right? Yep. Um, and we fall down. I'm yeah. sorry. Saying, yeah. <laughs> uh, right there. Sorry, I can't. Yeah, and mm. it's that, and that to me is grit. Yeah. Um, and so the grit then becomes a reflection back on me. And I know I'm going way, way too deep with this, but again, I'm a I'm a college professor, so I go there sometimes. But That's the grit comes back as a reflection on me. Yeah. And I'm oftentimes in my head asking myself, like, what does that look like for me? Mm -hmm. And who am I in my grit? Who am I in my perseverance? Mm. Um, how do I manifest that? And how do I manifest it, again, in an authentic way that, I, that I'm present in the world that I'm living in? Um, and so for me, it's, it's the telling of the story. It's the mm -hmm. telling of the histories. Mm -hmm. It's making sure, because I get to do this in my classroom, I have the space to make sure my students understand that. Yes. I get to make sure that not just I, but my students understand that they are, they are a reflection of their histories um, and that there is, there is beauty in it, but yeah. there is also disruption in it, and they, it's, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but they still have to sit and be present now. And for some of them, find place to be silent and listen. Mm -hmm. For some of them, find place to remove the imposter syndrome that they feel of being in the classroom because they don't think they deserve it. Mm. Um, but that they are here because someone else manifested their experience and allowed it, it's allowed them to have hold this space. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm I'm trying to kind of move those different things around in a way to help. Not just myself. I'm, I'm talking to myself sometimes, too, when I'm talking to my students, but I'm talking to myself, but I'm also talking to them through the lens of understanding history and understanding perseverance and understanding the grit of their people. It's um, so important. And, and, and understanding they have obligation. Yeah. Right. It, 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 it means you're obligated to do something. 
Yeah. Um, even if it's just showing up in my classroom and being present, yep. you're obligated because you have a privilege to be here right yes, now. Yes, because it wasn't um, always like that. It wasn't that. always and like you need that. To, this is where the understanding comes from. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it, it kind of, it, it perseverance brings me to that word of grit because I'm thinking about the manifestation of it in all of these <clears throat> different ways. But for some reason, it feels more like, um, it, it perseverance feels like this historical journey hmm. to me of understanding of finding ways to understand who we are and the journey that we've all been on mm. and how we are connected um to we're connected to each other but then also we're connected to our tribes yep. and yep we should be okay with that um yeah. because in each way our tribes have have been different things for different reasons um yeah i think that's I think that's good. <laughs> I think hopefully that makes sense. Um, it makes sense. But it's kind of a bigger thing. It's bigger, but then it's also very much a micro thing that I think about. And again, it reflects back to my hat mm-hmm. and to my mom and to mm-hmm. the perseverance that she went through. And, and it shows up in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember growing up and feeling like I always got told, you're a jack of all trades. You do all these different things. You know, mm-hmm. you're doing too much by teachers or um, leaderships in my life. Right. And to be able to go, well, but my mom had a business <laughs> and then she, her business didn't, you know, her, her business didn't stay the way she wanted to. And, and so she, she went did back some, to school Yeah, and she became a teacher and mm-hmm. she learned how to teach elementary school. And she did a really good job of that and they invited her to be a principal and she became a principal in the grade school system and Mm -hmm. then she went back and got her master's and she passed away when she was 71 but she was talking about going on for her PhD right Mm -hmm. at a 71 year old it's a 71 year old so what's too much right so Mm. yeah so the perseverance of people telling you exactly and who you are who they want you to be right that goes back to what you're saying exactly about culturally as exactly well. exactly um so yeah it brings a lot perseverance it brings a lot up there's so many other things i could talk about with that but i think that's what comes to my mind i want people to understand it and i get the opportunity to make that happen because i'm a professor in the classroom yeah but then i also want i want them to internalize it mm-hmm. and recognize it when they show up in the world to see the lineage of what they had and who persevered for them to get them to where they're at and the grit that it took for them to be in that the current space that they're in. Um, that they can huge. hold both of those things simultaneously. simultaneously. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. That's really big. That's huge because I don't think, um, you know, again, these knee-jerk, everything's moving so fast. Exactly. There's not Now they're taking a lot of the history historical education out exactly and so these different all the different um cultures the different people the different groups are going to be lacking mm-hmm. it's going to be not a comprehensive well it's never <laughs> in right. america we haven't had a comprehensive teaching exactly um an authentically truthful comprehensive holistic teaching and now we're going to have even more holes in it Mm -hmm. so i think that's huge what you're saying about the educational portion of understanding that and then realizing that you have a responsibility Mm -hmm. too you know it's something Mm -hmm. i think about too i think about 
and I don't know because I I was born at a time again I'm the 11 years the the baby mm-hmm. to the next child I was born at a time so I didn't get a lot of stories that they might have my mm-hmm. older siblings mm-hmm. could have gotten from right. great grandparents right um, I only got the stories from some from my grandmother mm-hmm. and my I didn't have my grandfathers were not around by the time I was you know able to have a communication with them or anything like that but I I just hear those stories of perseverance coming from my grandmother mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of things that I see it hurts mm-hmm. and it's like well you didn't experience it but you weren't and it's like yeah but I know her mm-hmm. I know her heart mm-hmm. I've heard her stories right. and I've seen how she came from you know Little Rock Arkansas mm-hmm. and a young girl, I think she was 16 by herself, right. moved to California exactly. to work as an indentured type, exactly. as a maid. She yeah. was a maid. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and then she still grew into being this loving, mm-hmm. died when she's 98, like this loving woman. But she still had that perseverance mm-hmm. as part of the fabric of mm-hmm. who she was. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she just... You know, everyone knows her in all these different cultures, but that's mm-hmm. not where she started. Mm-hmm. And so I think about that and I think about, I don't know if I would say my responsibility in it, but I will be more uh, intentional about it now that you brought that mm-hmm. word forth for me in this kind of space. But I've thought about what does that mean for me? Like mm-hmm. she couldn't, she couldn't. Right, exactly. Just start right there. Yep. She couldn't. Mm-hmm. Her mother couldn't Mm -hmm. if my grandmother's born in 1914 right then i know what her grandmother i know what her mother was doing yep i know she was not a free american woman exactly yep and so i think like you so eloquently stated it's very 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 important for people to know their own tribe their own lineage their Mm -hmm. own journey but also to understand each other's Mm -hmm. So we can commute, like mm-hmm. you said, you went to the to this conference, yeah, and you learned something so different. You learned to hold space for something that you didn't even know you you that wasn't on your radar, not at all. And what am so I doing you, at a black man's thing? Yeah, I'm a where, woman, right? Exactly. <laughs> First of all, in part, that's one that's of the not, thoughts I had. But uh, I'm like, why am I going? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. would have thought that exactly. But look at the the good goodies you got out of that you got to take something and because you have the mind that you have and the heart that you have Mm -hmm. you didn't just it just wasn't Mm -hmm. you know you weren't flippant about it and Mm -hmm. saying oh well you know you actually said oh wait a minute right wait a minute you know and I think that's that's again there's value there and I and and it changes how we communicate Mm -hmm. with each other when we understand these things Mm -hmm. You know, and everything's not just about you. Right. It's not just my people's struggle. Exactly. Each people has had a struggle. Mm -hmm. Most, I'll say most, have had a struggle, Mm -hmm. a serious one, if not multiple, and are still facing them to this day. Exactly. So persevering that. And then personally, Mm -hmm. you take that and you apply it to your personal life, like just as an individual. I think when I see the strength of my grandmother in those times when I'm feeling, you know, and, and I, and I, I want to say this and be very sensitive and say it in a very um, honoring way, 
my struggles are nothing mm. compared to hers. Right, right. So, but when I'm having a bad day and I feel like, oh, mm-hmm. she pops up for me. Yeah. You know, the stories that my mom tells me and the things that my father tells me mm-hmm. about, you know, those kind of things that he had to persevere over even becoming coming into the entertainment industry and, and the things that he had to deal with there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those stories pop up, and and I think they they give me some fuel. Yeah, exactly. They uh, hopefully they they make you they make me turn in a direction of thinking about again the the beautiful access that we now have. Um, it doesn't necessarily take away my sadness or my frustration, right? But it gives. It gives me a, and again, this comes back to the grit. It gives me a scaffolding to turn to and go, you know what? Hmm. Somebody already created a way for you to make it through this. They did that thing. And how about you get quiet for a minute, Angela, and sit with the scaffolding that's there. And you get to actually take, scaffolding doesn't have anything on it nope you get to take it and build it in a different way yes so how about you sit with that and build it in a different way um and again if you know it when people are around me i think for a long period of time one of the things they say that's a character trait of mine is just this doing i'm a doer Mm. um and i've had moments in my life where i've again tried to harness that a little bit more so that I'm not like doing all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> I think that the doer in me mm-hmm. then sees the scaffolding, understands that I can build some things on it and I don't have to repeat it and I don't have mm. to ask of it silly questions like, come on, scaffolding, get built. Because it's already there. If right. I would just stop in it and go, okay, it's here. Mm-hmm. I can use this. I can use this model. I can use the model from my mom building her dress shop. I can use the model from my mom's dad um, uh, working for the railroad and building his career so he could get into this particular job that he would not have been allowed to get, right? Yeah. I can use that, yeah. and I can remember those stories mm-hmm. so that right now, today, when I'm struggling with something yeah. that I don't think I can build, if you will, or that I can do um, or I can have access to, I can ask myself questions without trying to rebuild the scaffolding mm. um and like okay let's start with something built you already respect what's already there yeah and you take accountability for yeah. it was put there so that you yes, can now exactly exactly it's so that it's it's weird because <clears throat> too that reminds me of how my mom talked to us a lot about um to my sisters and i probably my brother as well but like like find find good people Find good mentors, find Mm. lovely humans in the world, be they younger than you or older than you, and get to know them. And my Mm. mom would say that to me often when I was going off to do something that was away from the family. Okay. So when I went to college, she said that to me. Or when I traveled, she would say that to me, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure you keep a community of good people around you, Angela, and like like watch people mm. they'll show you who who they, who they are, are. That's right? gold. so watch them Be observant. And, and then 
build them into your life, you know, yeah. invite them for a cup of coffee yeah. or, or go to their home and help them do something. Just be with them. Just go make dinner with them or whatever. So, so that was very much her mantra. Mm. Um, and to me, that was a way of her telling me, like, you can build good scaffolding. She didn't say it like that. Right. But like, you can you have, have your own good things materials that, that you're going to build a scaffolding, yeah, yeah, a scaffolding exactly. as well. Right. And it, it, it makes me call back up on, wow. call that up, right? Pull those things back and think about, okay, who are those people even? And so to me, when I'm, when I'm getting down my rabbit hole yeah. of frustration or mm. anxiety or, mm-hmm you know, troubling over something, money probably mm-hmm. would be me because that's my, that have having money and feeling successful and feeling comfortable, <laughs> that's my love language. Okay. <laughs> I'm using it, I'm using the love language yes. stuff wrong, but that's my love language, right? <laughs> no, no, so when, 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 when my partner and I were in challenging times early in our marriage and things yeah. weren't working financially, yeah. that's, I go down that rabbit hole. Got you. What is this going to look like? How are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to get mad at him about something, it's about how are we going to pay this bill? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, He's like, babe, we can do this and this and this. And I'm like, that doesn't work. <laughs> another story, another day. But we used to have what was called our our round table. And the round table for us was every Sunday morning, we would sit at our table, which was round. Uh-huh. And we would talk about and look at the money. Okay. And we would decide because he's like, I feel like this is going to help you see where the money is going. And you won't feel so overwhelmed mm. by what's happening financially. You notice I said another story another day when I'm telling you. Yes, but, but it was so funny <laughs> because we would do the round table and then like after we finished the round table and looked at all the money and thought about how the bills were going to be paid, then within the next two hours we would go into church. Mm-hmm. And he he would say to me, you, you would be sitting in church and you would be just looking angry, Uh-oh. like mad, like... I can't believe this is happening with the money and I'm so frustrated. He's so one day he said, Can we like change the round table to like a after. Monday or a Tuesday? <laughs> or after church. So you'd have missed the message. You he was telling you so he was dropping gold and you was up there was thinking done. about it's only seventy five cents away. Exactly. <laughs> And so, and and that, that that has forever been something that I've had to work on. That's why I say it's my love language. I'm like, that's not really, y'all, that's not one of the love languages. <laughs> I made up my own. Because that would be like, if you, you want me to do anything for you, make sure we got money. <laughs> exactly. Anything. That's I'm yours. <laughs> and so, you know, when I think about that and, and like... <laughs> the reality of that like scaffolding yeah even thinking about the ways which i my parents my parents my stepdad my mom um her father they they didn't get to manifest their financial bandwidth to the extent that they wanted to okay but i can still think about their perseverance and their grit to show me yes how to make that transpire yeah right to show me like Baby, you could have your own dress shop. You yes. Could, or you could have, and, and you don't have to have a dress shop, Angela. You could have your own business. Yes. I got to see my mom have her own business. Yes. Right. And I don't need to have no. I don't need to have a business. Right. But at least I could see the structure of how she made it happen. And and I think the that possibility. I think we miss that today. I mm. think not everybody, but I think that we don't just take time and sit with some of that history. 
and the perseverance of our family and or our people and or someone in our family. And then we get here and I see like, for me, I see a lot of our younger folks and a lot of our 30s, 30, 30 year old folks who are who are struggling to find themselves in all of what they've been engaged with, which yes. is largely through social media. Yes. Um, and I'm not talking from naivety. This is research that I do. I, 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 I study this. Mm-hmm. And that is the truth of where I know that. At. Y'all need to um, know that. She ta- She knows what she's talking yeah. about. <laughs> it's, it's this kind no, of... I get it. It's kind of this incongruence in their lives that mm-hmm. they can't figure out. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, and the research study shows, they're talking about being traumatized and being... Um, having anxiety and having um, obsessive compulsive disorders. And Mm. so they're living in this traumatic time of, of their lives in their twenties and their thirties, oftentimes not reflecting back on what they, what do you need to be grounded in yourself and in who you are in the world and getting rid of all of the other pieces, get, get rid of all of the extraneous stuff to just spend time with yourself. Yes. Understand your family good, bad, and ugly, understand your family history, understand your people, Mm -hmm. understand your people history, Mm -hmm. understand the journey that others have, the bridge building Mm -hmm. that others have done to bring you to this point. And now, and I say this so much to to my younger folks, now I need you to be still in it. And now like squelch down some of those anxieties and some of those things like why? Mm -hmm. Because I can't get this done today. but think about this whole story here yeah. that you just that you just understood that you're you just under- unpacking you're unpacking it right now right so again i don't feel like i'm saying it in a in a tightly packed way like i want to but i i feel like again in me that that teacher that mentor is back to the perseverance there's this underbelly that i'm trying to teach to yeah. my students when i'm in the class with classroom with them for that 15 week period that is the scene of that perseverance it's it's it has to be difficult too because um like the younger people they haven't had what have they had to persevere through right so just the word is there's no connection is alien right it is right and well, the thing they will so tell you that they've had to persevere. Through I know, things, I know. But I the know. things that I'm, they will I'm tell you, some, yeah, some, when they, yeah, when they describe what just, that is, your, your phone didn't, you, you, you didn't have a charge, and, and it went down. That's not right, that's, that's right. When they I'm describe sorry. what it is, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's very different. It's different, and it is. The, it, it it feels like mm-hmm. they still take on the same. That's the thing. They still take on some of the same. Um, characteristics as if this was the like it is the end of the world yeah. these some of these things that I hear yeah, exactly and it's just like yeah. okay and they're getting it, it it's, right. it's it's legit they're getting <laughs> it, it and they're getting it in these uh, <clears throat> as I call them new digital technology or social media digital technology however you want to call it um, they're getting that that message in all of these outlets mm-hmm. I don't know if people realize that this this generation that is born now, let's say, between zero and 10 years old, this is going to be the first generation of young people that will not, will have been born into a digital, completely digital completely, space. Completely, totally, yep. Yeah, and so we- Just we are, talking about this a couple of days ago, of, man. Yeah, as a society, we're not thinking about what that means for, for them. them. Yes. Exactly. And, and how their relations up. are going to be very different. Mm-hmm. 
their understanding, their comprehension, and their communications are going to be exactly. so different. Even in lower than the majority in, of yeah. folks. folks, even in lower income communities where historically you would not have had the financial bandwidth to afford having your own phone. Yeah. Um, that has shifted. Oh, completely. yeah. Right. So even someone who might not have the income stability that historically would deem them not capable mm-hmm. of having um, maybe just having one phone or a landline in their home. Mm-hmm. Now that young person. There's a way. Is has their phone. Yes. Right. And so that phone holds everything. <laughs> It's a priority shift, too. Except human connection, but right. it holds everything. But it's a priority shift also, right? Yeah. And our culture Because our culture been. has a priority shift mm-hmm. of the phone. Yeah. Nobody's putting the job before the phone. Yeah. Y- years mm-hmm. ago, you get the job, you get the, the apartment, you get... There was a, there there was was a priority, sequence. a sequence. Exactly. And yeah. now... At seven, you can have a phone and you don't <laughs> and, have a job. And you had to persevere to get that. <laughs> yeah. You had to go through all of these different steps Absolutely. before you Especially could get Especially if you were certain um, from a certain group. Exactly. We'll say it that way. Yeah. So anyway, so, it's a little bit of a tangent, but yeah. It's okay. Um, I so I, I did want to ask you, because we talked about this before and you brought it up before um, and you mentioned it here, but I did want to ask you, but... Um, just real quick, because I know you came from, we talked about this, the church background, mm-hmm. being raised in in these schools, mm-hmm. and then moving from, I'll just even say, moving from one area to another area, yeah. there's a perseverance that happens in that move, because there's a shift of people and probably dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, communication. Yep, very much so. And then you go off to college. Mm-hmm. So we take all of your history, your your history is from here to there. Now you can take all of that off with you to college. Mm-hmm. And we do talk about how uh, being raised in that environment, how it affected you. Mm-hmm. And so just real quick, can you touch on that? Can you... Um, share a little bit about that part of your mm-hmm. of your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, one of the interesting things about our household was that when my mother, I'm glad I shared about my mom and her dress shop. When she mm-hmm. lost her dress shop, okay. And at that time, she was one of the first. Uh, I, I always add this on because I think it's important to understand. But she was one of the first and only African American women to have a dress shop in Toledo, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that, getting that was a struggle for her. There was a district in Toledo they did not want her to ha- open up that dress shop as a black person. But she was actually able to get funding and open it up in another part of Toledo, which is called Sylvania. Mm-hmm. So she probably. At, I'm not even going to be able to tell you how many years the dress shop was open, but after a period of time, getting the work workers that she needed and the support that she needed to keep it open mm-hmm. was not happening, so she had to close it. Okay. And so when she closed that dress shop, um, she was just very depressed. Okay. It just broke her heart because that was that was her dream. dream. Yeah. And a dear friend of hers, a dear dear girlfriend of hers, came to her and shared the gospel with her and said, okay. "You know, this is. I need you to, you know." trust in God, things are going to be okay, I want you to come to church with me. At that time, my mom was not 
involved in the church to my and again, I was young, but to my understanding, she was not, you know, involved in a church per se. Okay. Um, so, so that meant mom had mom had her roughness, right, okay. her way, you know, yep. you know what I mean by yes. that. Yep. And then now she's being introduced to, you know, the church and to the gospel. Okay. And she has her adoring five children. And when my mom got introduced to the church and to the gospel. So did we. Mm-hmm. And when my mom started going to church and when she accepted Christ, so did we. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't a conversation so much so, and there might have been with my older siblings, but there wasn't a conversation so much about what that meant for us. Got it. I think it was really important, though, that I feel like it was important for me because I got to see my mom in both of those spaces. Okay. And I also got to see my mom. I remember later on in life, being in being in a church in which we switched churches, right? And being in a church in which the pastor was being very kind of um, demanding and rigid about what we could and couldn't do. Okay. Um, some of it centered even around like what Christmas looked like. And oh. I remember this particular Christmas, the pastor being like, you know, you got, we're, we're not, no one's going to have a Christmas tree this year. We're going to do it this way. Okay. Um, and there were a lot of other, I won't go into all of the things that were playing out around that. And I remember being in our house and my mom saying, oh, that's not happening. Right. Right. You know, yeah. we're having our Christmas tree. And right. so I, I feel like I got to see, I got to see my mom reckoning with cognitive dissonance. Mm. That's a big word to use, but I got to see her thinking about like, I agree with this and I appreciate this in the church environment, but this is also who we are. Um, and so this is how, this is, we will take, and, and adapt some of these things, but some of this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And some of this seems a little bit, um, you know, parental over me as a mm-hmm. grown woman who's mm-hmm. lived all of this life and raised these five children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I saw her reckon with that. Okay. And I think because of that, her desire to, her desire to send me to a private Christian school um, laid into feeling like having access for me to be with the best and the brightest so that I could actualize some things that she, she couldn't actu- actualize and she saw. She saw in you yeah, and couldn't. Exactly. Yes, I, that was a part of beautiful. the process. Yeah. And then going to this university, going to college, that was a part of the process. Right. Um, I feel like she felt like Angela will hold her own okay. and she will do what she needs to do in those spaces. And so for me, my spiritual journey, my that Christian journey was very enmeshed in me and very embedded. But I then I started to see certain things that were playing out that didn't, that I kind of took, took me into a place of, of questioning them, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and one of the things I think I've always been very comfortable with in my skin, and I can look back at my very young childhood and feel like Angela was always his personality. I was always really comfortable with doubt. I mm-hmm. was always comfortable with asking questions, mm-hmm. and it didn't. It didn't. And I had a parent that allowed me to do that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an estrangement for me to ask, like, "Well, is this God real?" And like, if so, who are they? And why do? Why is it a he? And what about this? And even when I got into college. You know, I have a friend, they're struggling with their sexuality, but they're mm-hmm. telling me that they're, they're really, they're anxious and even suicidal because they know if they share this with their family that they're going to be ostracized. Like, is, yeah. is that a loving God? Like, yeah. I got to ask those questions. Yes. I didn't get to ask them at the college okay. or the high school to my teachers, 
into the leadership, okay. but I could come home and ask my mother, right? So you she let us live in those safe space and ask those questions. She let us live in that yes. that tan, that's that that holding those things simultaneously. Yeah. Like accepting Christ, being born again, being in that religious worldview, um, going through all of it yes. from, you know, for me, everything from multiple reads of the Bible to yeah. memory of the Bible to, yeah. you know, having backyard Bible clubs to being a resident director in a Christian college. I got to experience all of that yeah. and still have some lovely friendships and relationships in that. But I also got to show up in this true, authentic self. Yes, and my diplomatic mom taught me how to be quiet when I needed to be quiet and just watch. And then at other times, understand what I needed to embrace. Mm -hmm. um, so at a point in my life, I feel like there were things that happened. I won't go into all of that. But there were th different things that were happening under the leadership of the church, of, of this building, yes. of this institution, yes. of the people in the institution mm -hmm. that did not resonate with me. Mm -hmm. And again, only through the maturity of a of this parent and watching and being discerning and, and thinking about them. For me, I, I began to arrive at spaces where I felt like I, I needed to have time to let all of those things go, mm -hmm. to, um, to step out of them. Mm-hmm. And then to begin to rebuild what I felt I wanted to be, because there were things that that would be said sometimes for the pope from the pulpit, and I would be like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense to me," you know. And sometimes it would be things that related to who a woman was supposed to be in the church, yep. right? Or yep. my dear, dear mentor, female, who was brilliant, just brilliant, and she taught at the Christian university that I was at, was. At, was asked to teach a group of men uh, uh, the Bible mm -hmm. in, in Sunday school mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and ended up having a situation where the leadership came to her and said, we really can't have you do this. You know, you don't have that. You are a woman in the church and you should not take on that kind of role. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember how hurt she was about that. But I also remember myself sitting back and going, but why not? Right. Wow, this woman is brilliant. brilliant. Yes, you, yeah. Um, her exegy of the scripture is yes. off the chain. Right. Right? Like, why? And so it, w it was me asking those whys and those get doubting times that kind of pulled me into a space of, is anything going to happen? The, the, again, I don't mean this to sound trite at all. And I'm a, kind of a silly by the cuff person. Mm -hmm. But I remember feeling like, is anything going to happen to me? If I step away from this and figure out what it's all about for a little while, and if I die, where am I going to show up at, right? Wow. And just having that kind of brain fortitude <laughs> and going. And I remember going, and again, I'm being silly, so people don't take me too serious. <laughs> I remember thinking like, oh, all right. They said all this time, nobody can snatch me out of his hands. So right. I'm going to assume that I'm still in his I'm, hands, even as even I go if over I act here. like a fool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even if I go over here. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. And so <laughs> I felt like I needed to go over. Yep. And I needed to figure out and re-describe it, redefine it, reassess it. And I needed to do it with things that I had. And my toolkit that made sense to me that came from my own home mm -hmm. growing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that my mom totally moved, 
you know, she 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 wasn't trying to live into spaces. No, she was just trying to be real in those spaces and show us how to show up real. Um, so, yeah, that was my my journey. So now I feel like it's funny. I feel mm. like I have moments in my life where I call on those things that are very instinctual from the church mm-hmm. and from the religious perspective. Mm-hmm. So I'll be driving, I'll get in my car, we'll be good, taking our long road trip, and I'll stop and put my hands on the dashboard mm-hmm. and I'll say, head to protection, Lord. Yes. Because my mom used to, we would pray, Lord, put a head of protection around us as we travel on the road and mm-hmm. protect us. Mm-hmm. And then there are other times when mm-hmm. that doesn't, resonate with mm-hmm. me at that moment at that moment and i i'm trying to what i have found is i've really been trying to live my life now authentically in that space i feel like i feel very spiritually connected mm-hmm. um but i also i also i don't trouble over it but i i'm also like i don't know having read about and studied different religions and and and, and christianity and all of the other pieces of it, even as I think about death and dying, I don't know what exists beyond here. I feel like we are in this universe that has to have some sort of higher power in order to it, and that there is a spiritual element that is a part of us in our presence. But I don't know if I'm consciously thinking like like I used to before, that there's an actual heaven and hell, mm. and that if you do not accept Christ, you are going to hell, and if mm. you do accept Christ, you are going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else that doesn't want to talk about it, what's, what's going to happen to them, I don't know. I don't know if I think about it in that kind of crystal, clear, very, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the word dogmatic, but I don't mean that as a penalty to anybody else who feels that way. Mm-hmm. It just feels that way to me and my spirit. Got so. It. And, and that's probably been the last, I would say probably the last at least 15 years of my journey. Mm. Um, I want to try to keep showing up for that in my life, and I want to be real with it, and I want to take it away. Not take it away, I want to take it apart and mm-hmm. deconstruct it mm-hmm. and then rebuild it. And mm-hmm. I do it sometimes very much in the moment, yeah. and then I do it sometimes over a span of time. I would say I'm really spiritual, but I would say that I... I am. I have more doubts about the things that I used to very rotely just speak as truth. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be okay. Um, uh, God's gonna bless you. Mm. Um, everything happens for a reason. Mm. Um, those types of statements now, mm-hmm. for me, they don't rub me right because I feel like there's so much more mm. to them and so much more that we have to unpack as people. Um, and sometimes it's not okay. Mm. Um, and, and we have it, to be okay with it. Yeah, okay. you know. Um, and sometimes mm. God doesn't just take away that that angst or that feeling. We 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 have to to wrestle with it, and we have to figure out who we are in it, and we have to find ways to move through it. And some people don't find ways to move through it. Yeah. Right. And so for me, a lot of a yeah. lot of little things happened in my life. Um, that you know i lost uh, i lost a dear friend as a resident director at one of my universities who was not openly talking about it but i know he was gay mm. um and his death was a death of suicide and the suicide was because of what he felt was going to happen to him how he was going to be banished from his family from his church and and that troubled me to mm. death like I, so 
I still have so much respect and have such a deep love for people in my life who are in that space. My, my older sister is, and she is a beautiful human being. It's just that Angela, who I am, I, I, need, to, I need to have that dialogue. Mm. And just I feel like just as I'm okay with my, my very godly Christian friends moving through the world in the path that they're on, yes. I want them to extend the same to me. I think that probably is, if I were to kind of pull it all together, that's kind of what I want. I feel, I get, I can get frustrated when I feel like that's not happening. Yes. I have that with my sister. My sister is a very godly person. Yeah. And she always extends to me the love and the gentleness of where I'm at. She doesn't turn it back at me and say, well, you know, Angela, mm-hmm. you know, you're out of, you're out of grace right now. Or mm. she's never done that to me. Mm. She just lets me be, um, she loves you. Yeah. And I, in my hope, I, I guess in my hope, I, I, I believe this greater spiritual, bigger than life, God, Allah, Muhammad, everybody's got different names, right? I, I want to believe that, that in, in, in that, in that realm, mm-hmm. there's that being that has the capacity to see all of us and in, in the creation of all of us and who we are and, and be like, Yes, I can be okay with who you are and how you show up. And I, I, I just don't know. Like, did men sit, did men sit all of this up in mm. this kind of rote, rote way? Mm. And it feels like it creates dissension again. Mm. And I don't want dissension. I want us to, I want us to see each other's histories. I want us to understand that our histories cross. I want us to understand that our histories have individual narratives, and that we can still come and sit around the table together and be Democrat, Republican, yep. Christian, atheist, and ha- have some sort of a common ground yeah. and a common conversation yeah. and walk away and say, you know what, I love you, right? That's what I want to see. And I feel like we get so caught in these things and these rules and these boxes and ticking and like, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. I can't talk to you anymore. Instead of just being like, mm-hmm. let me hold grace for you. Yep. Let me hold a space for you. Um, so, yeah. The end. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. And, you know, you and I, we've talked about this before. This is not um, something new for me to hear from you. But I just, I, I, I love the fact that we can be who we are for each other in mm-hmm. that world. Because this is, this is. This is one of the reasons why I'm here mm. on a podcast. Right. Like, who needed me to be on a podcast? Nobody. Mm. But what I saw and what I understand, because I too have, you know, you're ta- you speak of growing up with with um, these different nationalities as your family, because mm-hmm. when they live in your home, that's family, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't all look like you, Mm-mm. and the exposure that one has to all colors of the crayon box, mm-hmm. it, it, it brings you to a place of questioning some of the things that you hear mm-hmm. and some of the institutionalized church, mm-hmm. some of the institutionalized buildings, the businesses of church, they haven't mm-hmm. done a great job 
of loving. Mm-hmm. You speak of a sister who is very godly, as you mm-hmm. gave her the term. She loves you. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. The end. Yeah. She loves you. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. I didn't say because you're or because this or because she. She loves you. Mm-hmm. Period. And for a person who is trying to figure out, I would hope that there is a God, whoever you, how you call him, mm-hmm. that loves me, embraces me mm-hmm. on my questioning, yeah. on my journey, exactly. on my doubt. Yep. And that that God so often he's put in a box and we want the box. This is your box and this is your box. It can't all be the same. Mm -hmm. It can't. Mm -hmm. And that's why here in this space, I get that. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know how spiritually I'm led Mm -hmm. and he, and he, I have such compassion. My heart breaks for stories of people that I know, like your friend that you just described. Mm -hmm. My heart breaks for them. Mm -hmm. I'm not just, oh, well, God will take care of it. Mm -hmm. My heart breaks. Mm -hmm. I grieve with their family. I grieve for them and with them. I grieve from them when they're alive, walking around feeling like that, because I know people. I'm in close proximity to people like that, Mm -hmm. that I would call friend and family. Mm -hmm. And I will grieve Mm -hmm. with them and I know that I don't feel in my spirit, I don't feel pulled like I shouldn't be grieving. Right. I've been in rooms exactly. in in the institutions, institutional, because some, peop- some spaces focus on institution. Mm-hmm. They focus yeah. on, you know, you need to tithe and buy me a plane. They focus on right. the thing they're outside of mm-hmm. what I believe. It's almost like it's commercialized. It's commercialized. Yeah. So I've been in those places where that question has gone around. What would you do? I love mm-hmm. what would you do? Mm-hmm. And, and you <laughs> being too. raised to be an inquisitive yes. from a child, people think, oh, my gosh, you can't question God. He loves our question. Right. He's a parent. Exactly. I believe, that's what I believe. Yeah, exactly. I believe God is a parent. Right. He's my loving mm-hmm. heavenly. That's what I believe. Mm-hmm. And I know he, I can ask him, I can question, I can doubt, I can say, I don't agree. Right. Exactly. And you know what? Like your sister, I'm still loved. Mm-hmm. Your sister loves you. Right. And you get to love her and she accepts your love. Exactly. This part. Why are mm-hmm. we sitting around doing that? Because mm-hmm. he's trying to bring, if, if, you know. Yeah. I don't want to get on that tangent, but yeah. I just love mm-hmm. that. And that's what this space is for. Because I always talk about, you know, there's someone listening who, there's people that listen who know God. They have an idea of what he is for mm-hmm. them. And then there's people that don't have a connection. Mm-hmm. And I just want, in this space, what the Holy Spirit, I call the Holy Spirit and I are trying to do, is just empower, encourage, and inspire you to do just what you just mm-hmm. described Mm-hmm. Our journeys aren't going to be the same, mm-hmm. and we can love each other because of it. Right. Because guess what? Even if your journey is what it is, and my journey is what it is, and you have all this knowledge, and you can teach me. What did I? Do? I learned so much. Whenever right. I'm with you, right. I learned so much. There's other things. I said this not too long ago on the pod. Like, I have friends who were different. We're we don't believe in the same things, but 
we still have love for each other because those things don't separate us. Yeah. Because we have so much more that we do have in common. Right. And yes, everybody's not supposed to be in relationship with each other. There's seasons. Yeah. And you come yeah. in for a season and then you go out or you're you're in this space for this time being or with this specific purpose or goal we're working towards together mm-hmm. together and then it's it passes. Mm-hmm. But we can both hold love for each mm-hmm. other and have a different belief system spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yep. But my goal is that I just Very want true. you to know I want you to seek that spiritual, whatever Mm -hmm. that is for you. I can't, what it turns out to be for you, that's what it is for you. There's nothing I can say or do, truly. God, I believe, does that. Mm -hmm. But I can love you and you can say to me, she's not one of those that I've had experience Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. in this way. My experience Mm -hmm. of her is like this. Mm -hmm. And this is the space that I want to hold in this platform. Mm. Every I you know you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. so that people can have their own individual. My kids have an individual relationship with me. Each of them. Mm-hmm. The common ground is I am both of their mothers, but that there is that common. But it's also I parent them differently, mm-hmm. and I and I love them with all my heart. And we have a different individual personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes one of them is more resistant because he's male and he needs to go grow up to he's becoming a man. Exactly. So, yes, mom, I love you, but I don't agree. Happens sometimes. And I have to say, okay, <laughs> let's see how you, I, yeah. I'm giving you what you yeah, need. Let's you see what you, I got to give you the space. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's just, it's to me, it's very simple. But it doesn't get made that way. Exactly. And I, yeah. and I just hope that um, I appreciate having you on to, t- to say mm-hmm. that because both can be true. Right. Even though we're taught a certain way, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of room is left. There's not a lot of space given for people to be questioning. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, one of the things that, you know, if someone's, if I ask one of my, prayer warriors um or someone especially one of my elders Mm -hmm. can um somebody's going through something they're dealing with cancer they're in the hospital we just pray for do they know the lord Mm. is the first Mm -hmm. thing they ask and they mean well and i understand Mm -hmm. what they mean Mm -hmm. i don't take it that way yeah but there's something inside of me that's like does that change how you pray for them right right your sister's a godly woman you just said and she just loves you exactly and your experience mm-hmm. and your journey. Mm-hmm. Why did that have to be the question? Exactly. When you when I ask you, can you just pray for? Do they know the Lord? Mm. What difference does that make? Right. I'm asking you, who does know the Lord in a way that you th- say mm-hmm. that I respect and honor? That's one of those, yeah. I'm asking you to cover them in prayer. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. But they mean no harm. Right. And I don't want right. to, I'm very sensitive. Yeah. So I don't yeah. say anything, but it just kind of, yeah. it makes a little bit of a hair inside of me. Like my spirit goes, oh. I think about this just real quick. Yeah. Every morning my mom would wake me up and she would say to me, baby girl, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's okay. no one else like you. That would set the course for my day. Okay. Almost every morning. Okay. Then in, in another time, in another voice, she would say to me, 
you are made in God's image. Okay. Right? I wonder if people could just, like, stop and sit with that. Yes. And, like, tell me about the person in your family that's to the left of you or to the right of you. Are they like you? My sister Lenny is nothing like me. Okay. My sister Cassandra is nothing like me. Okay. But we bear similarities because we have the same mother. Yes. Right? But we're nothing like in our pursuits and our joys and our relationships. She's fearfully and wonderfully made, too. Right. And there's nothing, no one like her. In his Lenny, image. And in his image. Yep. Lenny is fearfully and wonderfully made, this too, and there's no one. So what is it about us as a human being yes. that we can't stop and allow that to be the truth? That no one needs to look like, no one is moving through the world that is the same composition or the same way mm. as Angela is. That's right. And that's a beautiful thing. So why not discovery? Yeah. Why not asking them questions? And this kind of circles back to the beginning and, with Kotaro because it them. was like, I want to hold space for him. Yeah. I'm getting to know this man yes. and I want to see what makes him tick. Yes. And I want to be able to step back and just go, this is my partner and I've made a decision to be with this partner. And I know that I want to make sure when he leaves his house, he feels like he just left his sanctuary and he can be okay in the world. Mm-hmm. Why can't I see him and let him be that? He is fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no one else like Kotaro. And he's made in the image of God. Right? Does that make sense? It's Girl, like we don't you give don't even each know other how much that. this makes sense to me. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I want 100%. us to do more of that than I, boxing each other. Thank you. And trying to make you look like me. Uh, yeah. The... A few a few months back, uh, I was sitting with my spirit, and we'll close on this. And um, I was in conversation with my, you know, spiritually, mm-hmm. and I just started laughing because, just like what you said, how it came up for me in this way. We all know, well, most of us know, if you know anything you know that there are no two sets of fingerprints alike exactly let's make this very simple and very mm-hmm. plain this i was i'm laying there i'm cracking up and and i hear my spirit yeah i did that put some respect on my name <laughs> so i posted this meme that said um out of eight billion over eight billion people in the world something like, i'm going to paraphrase it because i don't have it in front of me but over eight billion billion people in the world and no two fingerprints are the same. Mm-hmm. I said, that's God, put some respect on his name. And I think that simplest, in that, what that means, mm-hmm. the very simple thing, we don't, none of us have the same, there's no repeats. Mm-mm. There's no none. digital copies. Mm-mm. You can't, there's no clones. Mm-mm. You can't do it. So why? And that to me is just very simple. And so I always leave room for you to have your fingerprint, mm-hmm. for me to have mine, mm-hmm. but for us to both come from God, mm-hmm. for us to be loved by God, mm-hmm. and I will always leave space for that. Exactly. And I just wish, like you just beautifully stated, I just wish we could do that more in the church, outside, for those coming in, for those mm-hmm. going out, yeah. for those who are one foot in and one foot out. Mm-hmm. It's each person's journey. Mm-hmm. Stop taking it so personally mm-hmm. that you're upset enough. Worry about your journey. 
and glory in the fact that if the God of if the God of this universe had the capacity to compress and he's not to, done, he's still doing it. Like babies are born all day, every day. Billions right? of people. Come on! Wow! Wow! We That's should amazing. Just be, we we should just be, be in walking awe. by each other and being like, "Oh wow. my God! This is yes. You oh are my God. you what? Yes. yes, that. But we and there's a. That's a that's a whole nother class. Study, but there's a whole theory study, around I'm that. Sure, around I'm sure we can get into it to, next time. To identify and, yes, and and we have we have to group and classify. Group and classify. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look up the word automaticity, but it's talking about this automatic need that we have to define, classify, and be able to describe so that it fits into something that we can make sense of. Right? Uh, it's deeper than that, but. We don't need to do that with each other. I don't know this word. You're just, I'm hearing it for the first time, and I love words, so thank mm. you. I'll look it up. But is it rooted in acceptance? Because we all have that overwhelming mm-hmm. need to belong and be accepted. It's, it's actually rooted in the idea that we are innately prone to want to automatically define it is a natural it is almost like it's a um a physiological aspect of who we are a neurological maybe even aspect of who we are we all are wired to as humans to want to um describe explain and find similarity in something mm-hmm. in other humans and so when we go to that when we do it, and it, it it's used oftentimes when it's talking about stereotyping, mm. how we stereotype people. Okay. That stereotyping is not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but we it, because we do it automatically. Okay. We all do. We go eye color, skin color, hair, boom, 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 boom. But when we step away from when we when we stereotype, when we become when we begin to create spaces that are negative around that stereotype, or perverted, or bias, or racist, it, yeah. or whatever, mm. what are, any of the other isms, mm. that now we're stepping away from something that is this automatic thing that we do, mm. and we're stepping into something that becomes a very demeaning and problematic thing that we do. So it's this really fine separation that I, again, I try to teach in my class and say, it's automatic for you to do this. Got it. We are prone and we're wired to do it. But when we step over that, that line into this area and we start, this, they're all like this. They, then Got it. it becomes Got it. Um, it becomes a problem. Wow. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. We, but. Huge. Thank you for this conversation. <laughs> it is huge. There's a lot here. Yeah. Um, You're going to have to do this one in this, three or four segments, huh? <laughs> no. We're going to let this gonna ride. Grow, okay. And they're going to listen to it on their way to work. They're going to pause when they go into work <laughs> and then get it. back in, the, in car, the car. They're going to get the rest again. of it. I do that. They're going to go me. to the store yeah. and uh, do some shopping and they'll listen to it again. And some are going to listen straight through. Some are going to cut off right in the beginning it's all good. It's all good. This is not my yeah. platform. Yeah. It is God's platform. Yeah. And he brings who he needs to hear mm-hmm. what they need to hear. Because there's a lot of people, more people that feel the way you just described. Mm. And you just gave them language and you gave them a new perspective to be inquisitive about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah. 
that's what that's I know that that I can feel it in my spirit that's so me I'm thankful inquisitive to have you <laughs> thank you um share authentically this was beautiful for me and it I'm was wonderful thankful. to talk with you today I it's so it. good and we're gonna go have a love happy hour and we're gonna talk some more but everybody thank you so much for joining us um for this very whew, I've full conversation a lot of gold here so I hope that you were able to receive something from here and um, share this with people that you love that you know can um, also pick up something from from our conversation today Mm. Um, I'm thankful for you all for listening to us and riding with us and and, and getting through these times with us and that we're able to bring you into these conversations that that we want to be having these authentic, real, this is real this is not cookie cutter. This is real conversations that we have. And I ask for the vulnerability and the authenticity of every person because that's how I operate and that's what this space is for. Mm-hmm. So thank you for listening. We have new episodes posting weekly. Um, please visit love-manifested.com. Shop our uh, clothing line there, our so line, survivors of the world, and um, see how you can help us make change with your purchase donations are going out to those different um organizations we have listed there so and you get more perspectives there but um again thank you so much for being with us remember that we are here to illuminate god's love manifested in you through our authentic experiences and hey there's no one like you so um continue to manifest love wherever you go love on people even when they're different they're supposed to be different Mm. amen all right guys thank you so much have a great week (laughs) bye-bye